This is Vash Bodhi with TTV. Talk to Vash. I take you around the world to find interesting people in and affecting the LGBTQI communities. In this episode, we're continuing the ongoing series called The Intersex Interviews, where we meet people connected to the intersex community, each with their own unique perspectives and stories to share. I invite you to settle in as we continue to explore the I in LGBTQI right here on TTV. Talk to Vash. Today, I'm taking you all the way to California to meet Edie Gito Meisner, a wife, a father, and an intersex person. My name is Edward Gito Meisner, but I usually go by Edie because it's less confusing. Edward is definitely a masculine name. How did you yes. get that name? When I was born, they had expected me to be male. This is sort of the story of being intersex in general. They have expectations for you. You don't fit them. They kind of try to cram you into there. And part of that was that they did not change my name. I remained named after my father and was expected to grow up to be a boy. And things did not quite go the way that they were thinking. Would you give me your definition of what it means to be intersex? Being intersex means that you are an unexpected combination of genotype and phenotype. So normally, physically, humans come in two big groups of the more male and the more female. And then there are people who are outside these ranges, people who are extra female or extra male, and then people who are combinations of, of elements. One's genotype is the instructions written in each of your cells for how your body is to be created. The final form is the phenotype and the IKEA sheet for how to put this together is the genotype. And as you can imagine, the one does not always necessarily make the other. Furthermore, the genotype can be very complex, much more so than the karyotype, which is your mirror XY, XX. And those details can express themselves in unexpected bodies. There are a lot of different ways that one can arrive at it. Sometimes these are caused by a genetic mutation or they have an unusual genotype like XXY, wherein the unusual appearance of XXYs, for instance, is normal for them. That's the way that their genotype expresses. You're not certain what your intersex variation is. That's correct. I do not know. How do you know your intersex? That is a very good question. In my case, I knew for a certainty after I realized you only have one appendix. So if you have multiple appendectomy scars on both sides, that means that there was something else going on. And if someone tells you that it was an appendectomy, they're lying. Eventually, I was able to get a doctor when I was about 30-ish who I was able to ask, what's the explanation for this? And it's like, oh, this looks like assignment surgery. You've been assigned into the sex you are. From that point, I kind of went on this quest, you might say, to try to find who had rebuilt me. I found my own obstetrician who delivered me. He was like, we did what we thought was best at the time. We now know that it was wrong, but I was not the one who did that. It would have been between your parents and your pediatricians to connect you with a specialist. And of course, my father took the secret to his grave and my mother is in denial about it. So um, I don't suppose that I'll ever know what I am. I know that I must be XY because I can reproduce and I reproduce with other women. I've had baselines taken for my different sex hormones and stuff. And 
my baselines are somewhere in between male and female. Like I have not enough testosterone naturally to be male, but more than other women do. And likewise, I have more estrogen than men do, but not normally as much as other women do. I don't know what would cause that exactly. And my doctors were like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, well, can we do more tests and find out? And they're like, mm, is it going to put you in the hospital? Because otherwise, you know, we're not in the business of curiosity. So non-consensual gender assignment surgeries are called IGM or infant genital mutilation. What surgeries were performed on you as a child? What I suspect that they did was to rearrange my external genitals, close up parts that were open, separate parts that were fused. I think that's where the central scars are from. And then I think the side scarring is from them opening me up to get to my ovaries, which are actually testes, and then move them down into the scrotum that they had made for me. You know, I look like this, obviously, but... I have an internal penis that can deploy, basically, and a small scrotum with testicles in it. Talk to me about what it was like growing up. It was rough at times. There was a, an aura of taboo. I don't know how to put it. It's like people would seek me out to prove their disassociation by treating me cruelly, by trying to beat me up, by throwing things at me uh, from passing cars, things like that. I do feel like I grew a lot as a person from having an outsider perspective. I've always had unusual opinions about like sexual dimorphism and so on, because I did not find myself to be strange. I found everyone else to be strange, especially when I got to puberty, all of my male friends were like, you know, become these giant monsters. And I just remained myself. I did not feel like I was a part of everyone else's biology. My mother, she would just say things like, oh, some young men are like that. And it's like, so far as I know, no young men are like this. My mother would be like, oh no, you'll always be my son. And I'm like, you're the only one who sees me that way. Even though there were a lot of people who were cruel, I was very lucky to have a wonderful set of friends and a wonderful girlfriend who made me feel loved and worthwhile. So you are married? Yes. Yes, I just got married. Bride and bride. Yes. And you have children? Yes. I have one by a previous marriage and then two in this marriage. How were you able to achieve children? It turns out that one doesn't need to be more male than I am in order to reproduce. I've often thought to myself that if I do ever somehow meet the person who reconstructed me, I want to, one, slap their face, and two, shake their hand because they did a fantastic job of, you know, invading and invalidating my body. But nevertheless, for what they meant to do of making me male, I guess they nailed that part, at least. To your knowledge, is the intersex experience hereditary? Neither of my parents were intersex, but it does seem like my son is. He does have an absolutely massive hydrocele. And in place of where one would normally have a penis, he just has a little foreskin that sticks out of the front of his belly. If you palpate him through the belly, you can feel that it's there. To some degree, it's probably very small, but then he is a baby. We are considering addressing the hidden internal penis, but only in a non-surgical way because really um, I see no reason to let anybody cut on him. And in fact, like we were challenged by that because they were like, oh, your baby only has a scrotum. Your baby doesn't have a penis. Uh, what's going on with that? And I was like, well, I'm the father. So, and they're like, no, 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 we need the actual father. I was like, when I say that I'm the genetic father, I mean that literally. So leave him alone 
And thankfully, they were respectful of that and didn't try to snatch him away and start cutting on him to please themselves. So, oof, you know, bullet dodged as far as that's concerned. How would you define gender and where would you put yourself? That's tricky because... I consider myself to be intergender. That is, I consider myself to be the gender that matches my sex, but my sex is itself not usual. But I don't have any better words for it because our society is not built around the acknowledgement of intersex people. There's this campaign to change us and to hide us and to conceal the fact that we exist, especially that we exist in such large numbers as we do. And this is kind of goes to why I encourage other people to call me Edie because I want to not make things more difficult for myself than they have to be. And I know that there is a certain degree of cowardice in this, that by creating passing privilege for myself, I am making myself less political. Because of that, I do consider it my obligation to out myself all the time and to tell people what I am because they can't see it. So I struggle with feeling that I've become less true to myself by compromising, but a certain degree of compromise is perhaps unavoidable. Based on your particular variation, what do you think medical intervention should be? I appreciate that they made me able to reproduce. I would probably not be able to if my uh, testes were still up here uh, because they'd be too hot. So I'm glad that they did that part. And then I suppose if they needed to make something to put those in, then I guess it's good that they did that part. I think they probably could have done without doing whatever they did to me center line. Other than that, I would guess that that was probably to do what in FTMs is called a metoidoplasty, where the clitoris slash penis is separated from the body so that it can, you know, come out and be its own little thing and do its own thing. I think they probably could have left that alone, honestly. Um, if it was hypospadias, they could have left it alone. Because when yes. you think of hypospadias, I mean, it's way more common than people would think. Oh, yes, it's absolutely. In fact, a lot of people like wouldn't even think of it as being an intersex variation, although it absolutely is. But I think that some of that is political, that people don't want to consider certain common things like PCOS or hypospadias to be intersex. Because if they did, they're like, well, then, you know, it's like one in 100 instead of one in 5,000. Like, we are everywhere. And it's honestly perfectly normal most of the time. So as a general rule, you shouldn't perform surgeries on people without their consent unless it's actually medically necessary to do so at this time. There are many flaws, moral and otherwise, with doing assignment surgeries on intersex children. But one of them is that they always forget if your genitals are altered, that doesn't cover all the rest of the body, which is still also going to be affected. And it's obscene that people would invade a toddler that way to make these decisions for them for the rest of their life just to satisfy the aesthetics of the people who have power over you to do it, which is uh, an unspeakable crime that somehow most people don't know about because they've been so successful at hiding us that honestly, like most people that I meet have no idea what I am. If I, if I tell them, which I try to, then they're like, oh, is that like transgender? Or, or I once had one think that I was bisexual. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I am incidentally, but that's not, <laughs> that's not why. When I asked you to define gender and your gender, you sort of said that you're kind of outside of gender, which then makes me wonder, how do you define a sexuality? You're right, that defining myself as gay or straight or bisexual requires me to also define myself as something. It's a strange, uncomfortable thing. Like, everybody sees me and my partner as being lesbians. If I called myself that, even if everyone sees me that way, 
that defines me as a gender and traditionally also as a sex, aside from simply who, you know, who I love and who I happen to love. And of course, it's also counts as bisexual erasure because it's not as if I haven't had boyfriends. It's just that I haven't had any boyfriends in the past 20 years. Neither have I, really. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) When you ask me, like, what gender I am, it's like, well, I know what gender I do. I've made a conscious decision to do a gender because if I don't, I don't fit in. For example, this is terribly unfair, but people don't really like for men to have a strong interest in children. I love my kids. I adore them and I love being around them and I love carrying them around and everything. But for reasons good or none, other moms are often not comfortable with men being around their kids or around even their own kids. So there's a reason why I'd want to blend in with other moms, even if it requires me to be a little dishonest with myself about wanting to present as this binary gender so that I'll blend in and people will think I'm a perfectly ordinary cis woman which they usually do. There is something to be said for the gender that is within oneself. I feel like until you can realize that inner self outside of yourself and have it be acknowledged and recognized by other people, it is a torment. Do you have an intersex community? I wish I did. The lack of community, honestly, is a real problem because we come to know ourselves as individuals. We don't know that anyone else is like us until we have some sign of them. And that sign is often them being focused on by society for reasons that are usually not great. The analogy I like to use is to imagine that one is a submarine patrolling the North Sea somewhere. And in the darkness far away, you can hear that there's another but you can never meet them because you only hear them being depth charged. So we don't normally meet each other. What wisdom would you give to a non-intersex parent who has an intersex child? It's important to understand that you can only deal with the hand that is dealt to you. Whether or not you change your child by force, as kindly as you are able, they will still be intersex. We cannot force nature to take the form that we want it to. That's not how biology works. So leave them be and then work towards a society by whatever means, direct action, democracy, whatever, that will let them make that choice when they're able to make that choice or perhaps to choose nothing. It's also perfectly normal. So although you might regret that your child is intersex, you might wish that it wasn't so. And many of us also wish that it wasn't so, but you can't stop it. You can only make it easier on them. And changing them without their say-so does not make it easier on them. And that's another difficulty. Do you believe that intersex people belong in the LGBTQI initialism? In a perfect world, we would not need to be. I think that we are fundamentally different, but we're all really after the same thing, which is to let people be as they are without prejudice or mistreatment. We all share that goal. When you envision a future for the next generations of intersex people, what does that look like? The future that I would like to see is one where you are not forced into a role by society based on the way that you look or the way that your genes read out on a genetic assay. I would like for people to be respectful of the bodily autonomy of children. But I imagine one further on than that, where my mother would be correct in a way, where someone would look at me and say, that is just how they are. Are you at peace with your body and your spirit right now? In myself, I'm happy. The things that I wish were different are things that are interactions between myself and society. I just wish that there was more room for me. This has been a really great conversation, Edie. I'm very happy to to help. You've been listening to TTV, 
Talk to Vosh. My guest has been Edie Gito Meisner, wife, father, and intersex individual. If you'd like to help put an end to infant genital mutilation, please contact your local representative and let them know you demand intersex protections. For more information or to see this interview in its entirety, please visit justvosh.wordpress.com. I am Vosh Bodhi. Remember, if you have a story to tell, TTV, talk to Vosh.